Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Headlines are not stories. And if you find yourself sucked into the headline and not reading the story, you are doing yourself no good. As a matter of fact, you're doing yourself a great disservice. It's part of the problem because sometimes from the headline, that's how a story is shared. But headlines are not stories. Headlines are often deceptive. Headlines are often wrong. Headlines are often contradicted by the information within. Important to also note that when you're reading a story and you see a headline, it doesn't mean it was written by the journalist in question. Very often, that is an editor's decision or the decision of others to try and bring more clicks and more hits to the thing. I prefer when a journalist gets to write their own headline. Because I want from beginning to end the story to be theirs. Because it's a disservice to the journalists, a disservice to us if these things are separated. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. 833 got Tony. That's the number. 833 468 8669. Let me give you an example of the headline Florida weighs mandating menstrual cycle details for female athletes. That's how a lot of people saw it. Florida weighs mandating menstrual cycle details for female athletes. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is disgusting. That Ron DeSantis, he's he's a he's nothing more than a Nazi. I hate Illinois Nazis. Oh, Florida Nazis are worse. Read the article. It starts it's from the Associated Press. Why they would allow this headline is beyond me. Claim. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is requiring all female student-athletes in the state to provide detailed information about their periods in order to compete in organized sports. That's the claim. The AP's assessment? False. I read you the first sentence uh, and then the start of the second. The AP's assessment is false. So why... Is this the headline? The story goes as follows. Not having been a girl who went out for high school sports, I do know that when you engage some kind of school sports activities, there is a health form that you often fill out and a physical that you need to take. It would seem logical to anybody having just a base conversation on this that something that would be asked differently of girls and of boys would be about menstrual cycles. Like, for example, had you started? That could be a thing. Uh, Women in athletics, and there's always been a conversation about uh, women in athletics and menstrual cycles. We all know what we're talking about here. I don't think I need to go any further in that uh, explanation of what a menstrual cycle is. But absolutely, I've heard this my whole life, spoken to people about this whole life. People who are, for example, active runners, women who are active runners, skipping a cycle, things like that. That's common to hear that story. 
So maybe there is a rationale and a reason for asking the question. Uh, Someone else had pointed out that over 40 states actually demand this information. Florida is not one of them. Florida is a state that asks, but it is not um, compulsory. You don't have to tell them. Thus, the headline, Florida weighs mandating menstrual cycle details for female athletes. As in, it should be codified on a form. You read into the article where it shares all of these, oh, look how terrible Ron DeSantis type tweets are, right? Anytime you can use Twitter in your article, uh, everything's going great. They note that the asking of this information and actually the making the menstrual cycle questions mandatory rather than optional, quote, is consistent with national guidelines for sports physicals developed by the American Academy of Family Physicians, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American College of Sports Medicine, and other groups. So... If I'm supposed to listen to the experts, the experts tell me that this question makes perfect sense, as a matter of fact, is extremely important. Why was that the headline? Because I can point you to an unlimited number of leftists who shared that story without ever reading the story, screaming that, that Ron DeSantis is disgusting. And I guarantee you we'll end up hearing that on The View or some other show of nonsense merchants. Ron DeSantis is disgusting. Look what he's doing to little girls. It's not the story. All it took was taking five minutes to read the story. And if you're going to tell me, Tony, no one's really going to share that kind of thing. Jerome Adams is the former Surgeon General of the United States. He's right here in my beloved Indianapolis, works for a a television station down the road. Jerome Adams tweets it out with the comment, huh? And then he's like, well, well, if this was such a normal thing, how come 80% of other states aren't doing it? Uh, why is Florida waiting to do it now? Why didn't they do it sooner? So that's, that's Jerome Adams, the former Surgeon General, trying to what? Get a slam in on Ron DeSantis? Sir, with all due respect, cut it out. You sound silly as can be. Honestly, you could, between these two tweets, put them in a dictionary under the definition of pseudo-intellectual. Don't tell me that people don't share these things. This clear disinformation and misinformation, as they like to describe it. But most importantly, all this could have been avoided if somebody had read the damn story. That's also where we get into the concept of died suddenly. Died suddenly. You will see on social media a tremendous amount of posts about someone who died suddenly, usually a younger person, in their 20s, in their 30s, teens, perfectly healthy, everything is fine, next thing you know, they're dead. And very often... It is put in relationship 
to the COVID vaccine. Now, I will not lie to you, not now and not ever. I have seen more of these than ever before. More of these messages of died suddenly than ever before. I will also say to you that I look at those people who vaccinated their children and I go, huh, well, I'll just watch to see what happens. I have never been anti-vaccine, never once. I think if you wanted to get it, you got it. If you didn't want to get it, you didn't get it. If you got it and you didn't want to get boosted, that's fine too. I think it's fine. Do I think that Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson worked overtime to poison the citizenry? Of course I don't. I'm not that guy. Is it clear that there was not enough testing as per standards? Absolutely. Is it also clear that it was utilized politically as a cudgel against people who didn't vaccinate? And it still is. Is it clear that it was used as a fear mechanism? It still is. These things are absolutely true. And is it clear, at least for me, that something I would do is different than something I would let my child do? You better damn well believe it. And while I have no issue with adults taking this vaccine, I admit to you that I look at people who had their kids get vaccinated and I go, huh, we're going to watch and see how that works out. But when we come to died suddenly... As is reported here via the Associated Press, the use of that term has surged more than 740% in tweets about the vaccine. I tell you, as I said to you, I see it all the time. And it has come up in conversations all the time. This one's dying and that one's dying. Other one's dying. Healthy people are dying. I do not disagree that if you were to watch social media, you would learn of healthy people dying. What I do not have the data to, and some of this is my own fault in terms of not having time, and maybe somebody else does. Can someone provide me with the data of healthy people dying before COVID. Don't say to me, well, it's clearly less. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll give you an example. People have often asked me over the last few years, how come I never discussed the numbers from VAERS? V-A-E-R-S. So VAERS is a self-reporting system by which you can share with the federal government, hey, I took this and this is what happened. And if they get a fair bunch of those, they can say, hmm, Maybe there's something here that we should be looking at. That's what it is. I never, ever utilized, even when I was going over daily numbers, I it's when they started talking about positivity rates where I was like, okay, we're done here. You just you just moved you just moved the the, the goalpost. It happened in, in so Indianapolis is in Marion County, and it happened in, in Marion County. They started talking about positivity rates. What does what does that matter? What matters is if you're sick, 
It doesn't matter if you're positive. Who cares if you're positive? The question is, do you have symptoms? Do you need a hospital? Do you need oxygen? Do you need a new lung? Like, these would be the questions. Positivity is totally inconsequential. And that's when, that is when I stopped covering numbers altogether. We're, we're, we're done here. These people are making it up. They, they live in the fear. They love it. Don't tell me because you see an increase in the tweets that, oh, it's proof. It's not proof. Theirs is not proof. I'm not saying theirs can't be helpful to a conversation, but it's not proof. I want to know the number of totally healthy people that die in a given year and then ask, and I would ask this amongst us, you and me on a bar stool, because I don't actually have this number. I'd love to know it scientifically, but I'd love to know it, you know, anecdotally from you, me, and we. What is the percentage difference that would make us say, hmm? So if the number of healthy people is 16 to 30, I'll just use an age group. I don't know if they break it down like this. Dying in a year of no known cause, no uh, comorbidity, is X percent of the population, right? Because we don't know what it is, so we're called X percent. Like we're, it's 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 math, people. X percent plus what is what we'd have to see over the course of the COVID years, and then after, in order for us to say, "Oh my, look at this." Is it X plus 1% or X plus 23% or somewhere in the middle? It's not enough to just make the statement died suddenly. That is as foolhardy as the Associated Press putting out the statement about Ron DeSantis and people like the former Surgeon General Jerome Adams sharing it. No one is abusing girls in Florida, or I should say the governor's office sure as hell isn't. But that's the way the story got written, although that wasn't the facts, and you would know the facts if we read. Died suddenly, are, that is not a fact. That is not something that you take to the bank. You have to ask yourself, well, let's let's put it amongst the, the, the totality of the population. Is it more people talking about it? Or is it more people actually dying? I don't deny that people are dying. I want to know if there's connectivity. That should be the step that rational people want to take. My problem is I'm having a hard time finding rational people. Headlines are just that. You have to read in. You have to dive deep. Otherwise, you're never going to get the story. You're just going to get lied to and used. I'm Tony Katz. So I was doing some searching online. 
during the break and, and my Facebook feed was open. I, I, I keep it, but I use it for marketplace. Like, you know I'm moving everything to locals, TonyCats.locals.com. That's where it all is. There is not an original piece on the Facebook page. It's, it's, it's all over there at, at locals. And I came across a, was it a 72 Oldsmobile that's for sale? I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then I came across a 76 Eldorado convertible. It's blue with a blue interior and the hubcaps are blue. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. I don't like the price, but it's just awesome. I'm like, I don't trust this economy enough to be making that kind of purchase, do I? Do I trust that? I'm like, I don't don't know. The Dow is down 19. NASDAQ is down 106. And we're expecting to hear some words from uh, from Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, that could have an effect on things. And then, of course, Biden with the State of the Union tomorrow. So that could absolutely rattle things. I'm going to have a breakdown tomorrow, as I said, of the State of the Union. I'm, I'm going to, to do that. But the thing that I've decided that I have to do that I have, I have to do it. I, do you know what a she shed is, Ryan? Ryan is in today. Do you know what a she shed is, Ryan? I do not. Okay, so so a she shed is like a version of the man cave. Do you know what a man cave is? I do. Okay, so so if you weren't such a sexist, you would know what a she shed is, basically is my point. Um, I don't understand any of, of that because I, I don't have, like, a basement. I, I bought a house. The whole house is mine to use. But I am respectful of certain things, and I don't smoke cigars in the house. I don't do it. I, I have discussed adding on to the house, building an addition where I could basically build out this four-season room, and then I could use it as studio space, and I can do it. Dear Lord, the pricing on adding to your house. And I just lately, it's always, it's been about lately for the past year, it's been about get a shed, get a shed and you can get like some fans to draw out the smoke and then you can get some generalized air purifiers and you can, you know, you can make it work. I'm like, you make it work. Things got to be insulated. I need an HVAC system that isn't too loud. I'm going to do recording. I'm going to be a crazy amount of money in. I can't, I have to do something. I have to do something and it's, and the the shed is going to be overall less expensive than the addition. Uh, So I got to get, I got to get this done. The question is, do I have to have something custom built or is there really like a, like a shed out there you get from like a Home Depot or a Costco or whatever uh, that you like just have it dropped off and then I have somebody build it. Uh, don't don't look at me. No, I'm not building it myself. Have we met? Are we? Are, are is there a question here that I need to? Of course, I'm not building it myself. If there's a local company, send it my way. But like, I need to do this. The question is, how big? I need us. I need to to build out a set that can really, uh, on average, maintain three people, right? So I need a little bit of room. The camera's going to be set and everything else. And then I got to insulate it. And then I got to have a, they call it a split system put in. It's, this is going to be nuts. But 
It's got it's got to get done. Oh, and then there's the question of whether or not I'm even allowed to do such a thing. What is the permitting on that? So, uh, all of this to say, sorry, Oldsmobile, it's not happening. I don't trust the economy enough to make you uh, worth my while, but the shed's got to happen because that's how I build business. I'm Tony Katz. So what we have is a spy balloon from China. We know this. We know that it's been shot down. What we're just learning over the past 24 hours is to the extent which, well, the federal government knew about this, where it started, how many of these we've had. Why did they allow it to traverse the United States of America? And then why did they tell us, well, Trump had three balloons when that wasn't the case, at least wasn't known to be the case during the Trump administration, so much so that the then Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, who's no fan of Donald Trump's, is like, what in the world are you all talking about? As always, the cover-up is worse than the crime. The thing that we have to start getting into is where's the crime? Is it China sending the balloon or the series of balloons? And what other kinds of spy ops are they dealing with? And how do we deal with China? And then what it is our own government said to us and whether or not this approach of allowing this balloon to traverse the country before shooting it down was the right approach. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today, Major Mike Lyons joins us right now, retired United States Army West Point guy, and of course, a military analyst on both radio and television. Let's start with the first part, which is this balloon coming from China, now known that we could have taken this thing down over the Aleutian Islands, the archipelago coming off of Alaska. Exactly how many of these balloons, these types of spy initiatives, does China perpetrate in any given year? And is the balloon itself a real cause for alarm? Well, so Tony, we've learned also that China does this throughout the world. It's not just the United States. They've sent balloons in our direction before. And what, what I think this is, in a post-9-11 world in particular, is just a failure of protocol in the Department of Defense. And as soon as the balloon did violate U.S. Uh, airspace uh, when it hit the Aleutian Islands in Alaska. Um, reports should have been made to the Pentagon. Decision um, should have gone through to deal with it then. Well, it looks like if they've been in the past, we still don't know really what happened during the Trump administration, but it's likely they've happened in the past, in the past 25 years. We know that. Um, it looks like from a normalization perspective, they've just ignored them. They've either said they were, they've gotten in touch with China, they've said they were weather balloons or whatever the case may be. You know, this one just blows up because of what happened with uh, the citizens of Montana look up and see it in the sky and the administration couldn't cover it up at that point. So, you know, letting it go all the way through the United States, letting it linger over our ICBMs, I mean, it's wrong on so many levels from, from our government's perspective. Um, but, um, but now, given the fact that we did shoot it down once it traversed the whole United States, um, it looks like that, the, you know, the Chinese effort to normalize this as just, you know, kind of normal course of business is now over from our government's perspective. And if they do these and shoot these over European countries, you wouldn't be the surprise if European countries will do the same because we know that they've done that in the past as well. Let's, I, I mean, you, you immediately want me to bring me to asking this question about did, the, was the plan for the United States to cover this up? If nobody had basically looked up, they would not have seen this balloon. But I, I want to stick with China just for a second. You talk about this happening mm-hmm. in other places. We heard about it in Latin America. Canada was wondering if they had their own balloon separate from what we were dealing with. You talk about European nations. This shooting down 
which I agree with you should have happened before it traversed the United States. But is this now creating an opportunity of, okay, everybody in the world now has the opportunity to shoot these things down because we led the charge? Or will other nations now be actually more fearful of shooting it down because they're now wondering exactly what the level of their retribution from China would be versus their retribution to the United States, which is always different? Yeah, so this is traditional China influence building. This is what they do. They put these balloons over other countries and dare them to to act and to do something. And finally, the United States does 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 do that and shoots it, shoots it out of the sky. Uh, you know, the Chinese think they own all the upper atmosphere. Look, they have a space program. They have a, their own space station. They want to go to the moon. They they believe this is their way of of projecting power. And and again, they they norm, tried to normalize that they own that upper atmosphere. And the United States crossed. Uh, you know, in the past, again, bad military protocol. The military should have escalated this to the administration well before, and they should have had the decision what they wanted to do then. And, and I, I guarantee now that protocol has changed, given what's happened in the in the administration. Um, but uh, but again, the question is, what does the rest of the earth world, world do now? Too do, 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 does that happen? Does Europe? Does if, there, if there's a balloon over someplace in Central Europe, does the, the European nations decide to respond? I think that the United States by doing this has now told China it's not going to happen again. There's nothing that you can do unless you pre-coordinate some civilian balloon or some kind of weather balloon. In this case, uh, it was clear from the, the Pentagon's perspective it was a spy balloon. Well, considering there are no civilian balloons possible in China, talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, um, it, it seems so outrageously low-tech. The idea mm-hmm. of China and a balloon. So you wonder, well, is the purpose the the spying or is the purpose the testing to say we can do this, to be able to create the situation of telling uh, Xi Jinping, telling his own people, well, they're just so irrational, those Americans, we're going to have to take this more aggressive posture. And if it's going to be like this because of an errant weather balloon, my gosh, we really do have to engage a one China and Taiwan has to be a part of China before the Americans get too dangerous and too violent. Is all of this a pretext to a plan? Yeah, it could be. It is, you know, typical Chinese way of doing things, though, in that um, they they start at the low tech side. They start at uh, what they would want to again normalize this as r- regular behavior, and and they were probably testing the United States in some regard. And uh, the administration was forced to respond again, as the people from Montana look up and see it in the sky. Um, so I, I I you know it's hard hard to say whether or not the backlash will have what what will have for China with these other countries. I mean, they don't have a lot of options here, too. It's not like they can retaliate. If they, if they decide to escalate over this, then we've got you know, kind of a bigger problem. We've seen the Chinese humiliate ambassadors and, and uh, visitors before, so that's you know, already in their toolbox. So, you know, so while they're registering a strong, what they said, strong discontent and protest, there's really nothing they're going to do to retaliate. But this is all, you know, this is all what they do. They, they're very active when it comes to seeing what the responses of what the United States will do. And the United States is not active on the other side. We're not, you know, the Chinese interpret American uh, defense as all the new air bases that we're putting in the Philippines and all of the way we project power. Um, if the United States did not do that, then the Chinese clearly would try to become that hegemonic power in the Pacific that the United States is just not going to let it be.
And that's what these war games were about, a series of other uh, conversations. Let's move it over, sir, talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States military, uh, United States Army military analyst, both TV and radio. And let's move it over to Joe Biden. As we've often mm-hmm. discussed, as people have often discussed, uh, the, cr- the cover-up is always worse than the crime. Biden claimed that he heard about this on Wednesday, wanted to shoot the balloon down, and it was the Pentagon that talked him out of it because of the possible damage that could be done on the ground. But as we now know, they knew about this days before. So the first question is, was President Biden made aware when they, the Pentagon, was aware, or whoever it was was aware, that this balloon was coming across the Aleutian Islands? Secondly, why would one delay in shooting it down? You claim uh, it's, it's people on the ground. Is that really the case? And number three, if no one in Montana had looked up, Major... If they didn't just look to the skies and say, oh, what a lovely day. Hey, what's that? Would we have ever known about this? And is that okay by you? No, no, it's not. And and, and what should have happened is um, the administration should have been notified by the Department of Defense. I do think that the, the Pentagon has got some culpability here, and they should have put this out because it turned from a potential military. Again, post-9-11 world, when our, when our uh, airspace gets violated, that should be non-negotiable no matter what it is. And um, so they should have been notified, and they should have made the decision back then to, to possibly shoot it down or tell the Chinese to divert it because it, it clearly had some kind of steering mechanism. I know it's a balloon. It floats. Doesn't, it can't go in, in a way it, 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 in the it always likes to be, but it, it possibly could have turned around. So it should have been warned on and, and, and t- taken away from our shores back then. So what, what was potentially a military operation then just became purely politics. I mean, you saw, you know, the administration leaks that something came out that during the Trump administration. Who knows, again, if that's true or not. Uh, and now they're just trying to do a cleanup. It's not a good look on any of us, um, and it's embarrassing, and you hope it goes away as soon as possible. Uh, the question is whether the Chinese you know, send another balloon towards us and what we're going to do next time. What we're going to do next time is a, a great question, but let's get back to how we are supposed to handle this this time because the other part of this story is that it was the Defense Department that decided to leak. Well, you know, there were balloons that were, were uh, traversing uh, the U.S. when Donald Trump was president, and President right. Trump, who had already put out there, uh, shoot down the balloon. President Trump loses his mind. What are you talking about? Defense Secretary, former Defense Secretary Esper, saying, what in the world are you talking about here? Right. And then it gets learned that these things, uh, these balloons did uh, come into U.S. airspace, but it wasn't discovered until after President Trump was out of office. Two things here. Number one, mm-hmm. how was it discovered ipso facto? And then number two, This is the Defense Department getting in the business of protecting the commander in chief. This, to me, is is the more frightening part of the entirety of the conversation. Tony, I agree. It's, 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 we've politicized things in the past that weren't politicized, especially when it comes to national defense. And, and on perhaps the Defense Department will argue that this balloon really didn't threaten anything, and they'll dismiss it that way. But just the, um, the their conduct along this was just not acceptable. It gets back to protocol. There's some, there's some lieutenant that saw this on a screen that's on a duty staff officer somewhere that, that found this and, and reported it up the chain of command. It got to a certain level where it, it never got all the way to... You you know, maybe it got to a NORAD to log site someplace, but it never got from NORAD to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs or, or even as far up as, uh, as the administration itself. 
And it's disappointing, and I think that then that protocol will change. Uh, whether the administration forces it to change remains to be seen. Uh, but they, they don't get to decide whether or not they're going to obviously engage it. They, they had no plans on engaging it because they let it come as far as they let it, let, it, let it go, and again, knowing what it finally went over. So that's why it was just, again, embarrassing. But it's not a good look for the Department of Defense to be protecting the president on this, for sure. So now who loses their job? This, this seems to be the kind of thing on, on, on a political side that, yeah, people say, yeah, people got to go. And it's going to end with the commander in chief. A lot of people are going to say the buck stops there. But yeah. someone's going to ask who gets fired here because the the Defense Department acting in this way, proactively lying to the American people, never mind not being proactive and taking down a balloon if you thought it was going to be any level of threat before it hit the country. I mean, there's two reasons for someone to lose their job. Is it is anybody discussing about people like actually losing their job? No, it's not, you're not going to see that, Tony. Again, based on what we've seen come out of the Pentagon and what, what you know, they're, they're closing ranks on this as well because they know the pro, their protocol is off. So you're not going to see that. Uh, maybe people get reassigned, but what's going to happen is the protocol is going to change, and they're going to and make sure that, uh, that that gets up the chain of command, that, it, that it's notified, that there's going to be a, a lot more of um, eyes on these kinds of things going forward. I think that um, you know we'll, we'll soon find out exactly how many of these balloons are over Hawaii. They're all you know wherever they decide to fly them. Um, we're going to find out more, but um, you're not you know we we didn't fire a lot of general officers. We didn't fire a lot of colonels during the last couple of wars in Afghanistan and in uh, in Iraq so we're not firing anybody over this unfortunately Major Mike Lyons retired United States Army I appreciate you taking the time to be with us there is more coming up find everything tonycats.locals.com this is Tony Katz today there is more going on in the world than just a spy balloon there's just so many layers to the spy balloon story. It's unbelievable. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. You have heard me discuss that I oppose do-goodery. These do-gooders, this do-goodery rarely does good. As a matter of fact, it usually leads to something absolutely horrific. I equally oppose the idea of wokeness in the places that it should not be. The people who want to find problem with everything. Let me give you an example. New York school food vendor apologized for serving chicken and waffles on the first day of Black History Month. I'm sorry, what? Yes. Uh, The Nyack Middle School... The hot lunch menu was changed by the vendor without their knowledge. It was on February 1st. It was uh, the first day of Black History Month, and it was chicken and waffles with a watermelon dessert. Now, many of you will note that there was a story out of Indianapolis with the Children's Museum, which is a world-class museum. They wanted to celebrate Juneteenth. Right. The date uh, in which uh, slaves in Texas were notified that that the war was over and they were free and June 19th, Juneteenth. And so uh, the the museum in their food court had a Juneteenth watermelon salad. I kid you not. This happened and people went crazy. And how dare you? Well, how dare they? This is what happens when you try. You, You can't win. It's madness. It's crazy. The question before us would be how often does the school offer chicken and waffles with watermelon? 
you're going to go to stereotypes. I want to go to frequency. Did someone say, ooh, it's the start of Black History Month. Here's a menu item. That would be a story. And also criminally insane. Or is this a standard on the menu and they just so happen to put it on February 1st because it's one of the things they serve? Is it possible that not everything is bigotry, is hate? We are extremely disappointed by this regrettable situation and apologize to the entire NIA community for the cultural insensitivity displayed by our food service provider. Wait a second. Is there something wrong with chicken and waffles and watermelon? I know what people are going to say. Tony, I'm asking a different question. I'm asking whether or not they can be served at all. I'm asking whether or not uh, the levels of a Southern staple can be served. Because that's where we're now going. That's where the conversation is growing. That's where it's growing. If you want to argue the timing of it, you're not going to get an argument from me. If you're going to argue the holy hell of it, I'm totally with you. Is it the statement that the food cannot be served at all? And some people are just upset because the uh, food, the meal itself was a change, a departure from what was supposed to be on the menu. They just changed the menu. So that has got some people bothered. I think the question is, if you're going to get into the idea of food and wokeness and right and wrong, is it going to be that you start, you stop serving certain things? And if you stop serving certain things, what does that say? Isn't that its own level of bigotry? But it's not for me to, to get into. It's for them to figure out. It's, it's, it's for the hateful to figure out. So let them. I'm going to let them figure that one out and not get involved in their fight. I'm Tony Katz.